0: So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA as well as the editor-in-chief for DrByCuspid.com. And whether you found us through DrByCuspid or one of the many podcast channels we were on, thank you for listening to us. And I also want to thank a dear friend who is joining us. That would be dentistry's insurance expert, Teresa Duncan. Hey, T, what's up?
1: Hey, Kevin. Nice to be on again.
0: Well, thank you for having me on. It's been too long. Or wait, mm-hmm. I should say thank you for coming on. It's been too long. There we go. I
1: tell you, we have so many podcasts going. It's hard to think of who's coming and going on these.
0: <laughs> so make sure you check out, uh, Teresa and I host one together called Chew on This. Uh, so it's dentistry related. We have a lot of fun with that. And then Teresa also has her great podcast. Nobody told me that out there. So we are just podcasting fools, my friend. We are. So, but... Uh, let's talk a little bit about something that's come up on the reader boards at DrBicuspid.com, and there were some people after the FDA came out with their new, and, and I guess I'm using "new" in air quotes, guidance for amalgam, because really not much changed with it. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, mm-hmm. the FDA came out with this. The ADA has now come out; they believe still amalgam is a very, uh, you know, good thing to use. You know, they they reaffirmed their position. And some people were asking us about amalgam and insurance. And of course we said, well, we got to ask Teresa Duncan about this. So my question is, has anything changed or what do people need to know right now about amalgam and that insurance filing?
1: I don't, you know, if you weren't already, uh, placing amalgam I don't think that's going to change anything if you're placing amalgam right now I don't think that's going to change anything it really was an I I hate to use this term but really it's what it is it's a nothing burger so (laughs) you have uh you have I think they identified, um, as we were talking about in the pregame, they identified Parkinson's and Alzheimer's as connected to amalgam. But from everything I've read, it also has to do with exposure during the removal of amalgam. And the ADA has been pretty strong on that. They've got guidance on how to remove amalgam uh, effectively, and it has to do with your your water, the wastewater, and all of that. The amalgam separators—they've got a lot of guidance on that. And I'm not even going to pretend to be an expert. So please seek that out on the ADA site yeah. uh, if you're interested. But as far as amalgam and composites, I mean, for those who are fairly new, those are the two, you know, before you go to crowns and onlays and inlays, those are the two materials that people are going to use to restore teeth. And amalgam is the way it used to be forever. And composites, you know, newer generation, and every couple of years they have next generation, it continually improves as technology, you know, happens. The the issue with composites is that ima- insurance does not reimburse for composites as much as they could. So composites are typically more expensive, so insurance companies traditionally apply what's called an alternate benefit, a downgrade, and it goes to the cost of an amalgam filling. The difference between those two, the cost is billable to the patient. However, patients sometimes don't understand why their plans don't cover that and and this guidance really I think what it did is it shone a new light on on the problem I noticed you had a couple comments in 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 there about um, reimbursement for composites and that's what got got us started on this do you have one or two there I mean I can kind of recap what I read
0: uh, absolutely. If you'll give me just a minute, you know you can talk amongst yourself for just a minute here. <laughs> let me uh, let me pull those up. And certainly, yeah. let's talk. About that.
1: Let me and let me just go over the um, the difference between the two for, again for the newbies or for the non clinical people. Uh, this was explained to me. I have I had a great dentist that I worked for, and I assisted. For a long time and he was really good at explaining the differences between materials and why he did it this at certain times and for composites and uh, amalgams the big difference is the retention of them so amalgams are large and they require undercuts on the teeth and then the amalgam goes into those crevices and is held there by what we call mechanical retention so it's really if you think about like tetris you know it, it's and that's bear with me it's kind of like a tetris you know it just interchanges like a jigsaw puzzle it relies on undercuts and grooves and all that to keep it there with composites they use primer they use bonding bonding agents and so there's a chemical retention Ideally, it's much easier and more aesthetic to do, I shouldn't say easier, it's more aesthetic to do a composite filling and it just looks nicer. I mean, think about all those times when a celebrity has smiled really wide and they have silver fillings. Well, you don't see it much anymore because people are getting it redone with the composites. And so I do think that they should be covered at the same um, rate. However, it's, it's a pretty hard and fast insurance policy to not do it that way.
0: Well, and that was actually the first question, and this came from Amy. And again, I'm getting these from the DrByCuspid.com article that we ran. Uh, I will link to this uh, along with the podcast on Dr. ByCuspid. And if you're listening to us on the Dental Assistant Nation station, then make sure you go to DrByCuspid.com, and you can search for FDA or amalgam, and you'll find it. Uh, but Amy said, is the FDA going to pressure the dental benefit companies to actually pay for composite fillings now instead of the continued issues with an alternate benefit of amalgam fillings? And I think you just covered that, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And I apologize. Apparently, I was parked next to Smokey the Bandit because he's—I uh, don't know if you heard all of that, all of that rug gunning the. Roll them up and trucking, baby! I tell
0: you, <laughs> that's absolutely. That's
1: right. So, so no, I don't think to answer her question. I don't think this is going to have any um, impact on the dental benefits uh, side of it, only because they're they're not there's no incentive really. The the incentive that would have to happen or the what would have to happen for them to change this is if there was a mass uprising among employers to say you need to cover this. And then the bad thing is in order to make up the difference on that, premiums would go up. So you know there are some plans that do cover it, but the it's usually a more high end plan or a premium type plan. Uh, it's very rare to see them covered completely. So I think you just need to make peace with the fact that amalgam benefit is here to stay until there is scientific evidence that says it is not appropriate anymore in the mouth. And this ADA guidance that just was released reinforces that their view is it is not harmful in the mouth.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, let's just get rid of amalgam. You know, why are we still doing this? Well, the fact of the matter is, as the ADA says, it's still an acceptable alternative. And, and, and sure, there are there are some bad things that go along with that. But as you said, the removal of the amalgam with the amalgam separator and, and, you know, under the right conditions, that's the key part of everything. And I think that's where the EPA and the FDA and the ADA and everybody comes together and certainly agrees on that side of things.
1: Sure. It's an alphabet soup when you start taking out amalgam, right? There, there's really not an outcry when there's placing it. When I first started, you know, I I was in charge of doing the amalgam capsules. And, and for those who are still young, you won't have any idea what I'm talking about, but we would pop that capsule into something called a triturator, which would shake it up and then we'd take it out and there's this amalgam ball. And, you know, if you were not with a patient and you were just messing around, sometimes you'd play with that amalgam ball because it was fun. And guess what that had? Mercury. So, you know, (laughs) thank God that people are paying attention to the healthy stuff around us and identifying these environmental issues. But, um, and I just kind of went off on a tangent, but honestly, it is the removal of the amalgam that the alphabet soups are worried about because of the you know the vapors and all of that and and how it goes into the wastewater and contaminates the wastewater, so yeah, I I don't really see a big change as far as regular old folks in the dental office and and just so just another point too, Kevin. There are an awful lot of dentists that still really feel like amalgam is the best way to restore. There are a lot of dentists who feel gold is the best way to restore. And it's different strokes for different folks. And the guidance, I believe, states it's up to the doctor with the patients, with a patient conversation in order to determine what's best.
0: And I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. As long as the patient understands, the patient agrees, everybody's on the same page, whether you're talking about what filling your, you know, your material you might be using or whatever it is, that's, that's a key thing for a practice of success all the way around. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. So Teresa, as always a wealth of knowledge, make sure people know where they can find out more about you and can reach you. Cause I know there's always questions that you're being bombarded with.
1: Sure. Yeah. At my website is odyssey dot com. My Instagram is tree Duncan, like, tree waving in the wind tree Duncan and you can find me on Facebook odyssey management's pretty easy to find but yeah our two podcasts are well chew on this is our podcast and nobody told me that is mine and Kevin's on there you're on there all the time um, for nobody told me that too so I appreciate you guys would check that out and um, let me know any feedback is appreciated
0: Yeah. Teresa and I like to hang out together, to be honest, just, uh, you know, even when we're not talking dentistry stuff, but, uh, thank you for coming on and kind of clarifying that. I really appreciate it. And I know our readers and our listeners will as well.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for listening. And again, whether you found us through drbicuspid.com or Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox—we're all over the place. We're trying to bring dental assistants the latest information that they can then take to their dental practice and help explain. This is, these are great little things to play in your your Monday morning huddles. Uh, so, you know, just some ideas for you. But we really appreciate you being a part of this. And until the next episode, together we rise.